This broadcast is brought to you by Malibu Global Media Group. Please go to newsbeatla.com for more information. LAUSD parents are on pins and needles this weekend, wondering if workers will strike next week. Sheriff Robert Luna addressed LASD tattoos at a Civilian Oversight Commission hearing, and after losing just short of 100 officers at LAPD this month, Chief Michael Moore is at spring training with the Los Angeles Dodgers this weekend, hoping to recruit potential candidates. This is your weekly wrap-up. I'm investigative reporter Cece Woods, and this is Newsbeat LA. The showdown between LAUSD and the union that represents service workers, such as classroom aides, cafeteria workers, bus drivers, and custodians, may bring America's second largest school district to the brink of temporary closure if the union follows through with their threat of a three-day strike starting next Tuesday. The teachers' union says they will honor picket lines. LAUSD Superintendent Alberto Carvalho talked with reporters on Thursday. If, in fact, a strike is declared between two of our most significant labor partners, it is virtually impossible to keep schools open. The union says they are seeking a living wage, among other things, and have been in negotiations with the district for over a year with no resolution. In 2022, a classroom aide at the top of the pay scale made approximately $18.32 per hour. The district says they have offered a 15% pay raise over time with 10% cash in hand. If schools close due to the strike, impacting over 422,000 students, the district will provide homework packets, childcare through partner organizations, and meals, which will be available at approximately 60 locations. On Wednesday, thousands of LAUSD workers rallied in downtown Los Angeles. Superintendent Carvalho told reporters if the union comes back to the table, the district has additional resources to offer to continue negotiations. That's not the end of the road. I have said it many times. We have additional resources to put on the table to continue the conversation. Carvalho's first year as superintendent has been plagued with problems. Under Carvalho's leadership, LAUSD has seen a major cyber attack where student mental health records were released on the dark web, along with the fentanyl drug crisis where eight students left school in body bags rather than on school buses. On Thursday, Sheriff Robert Luna spent his 103rd day in office attending his first Citizens Oversight Commission hearing as head of the largest sheriff's department in the country. Luna appeared in front of the commission to discuss the highly controversial topic of deputy gangs within his department. As I was campaigning for this job and nothing has changed, I was committed uh, to dealing with a lot of the issues that were raised during the campaign where I was listening very loud and clear. Uh, that the issue of deputy gangs, subgroups, cliques, whatever you want to call them, uh, to be honest with you, all the terms are unacceptable, uh, is something that I committed to coming in and one, acknowledging uh, their existence, because you can't deal with the problem unless you acknowledge that they exist, and then moving forward in working with this commission, the inspector general, Uh, and even uh, reaching out to other agencies as we move forward, whether it was the FBI, federal DOJ, state DOJ, whomever it takes uh, to get to the place where we need to get to. Earlier this month, the COC released an in-depth report on deputy gangs. Sheriff Luna answered questions from members of the commission regarding key issues in that report and confirmed that his second-in-command, under Sheriff April Tardy, has what he referred to as, quote, 
a station tattoo. However, news outlets are reporting the undersheriff's tattoo is in fact gang related. We do have employees that have gotten station tattoos uh, and understanding the culture that I've walked into at one point getting a station tattoo was accepted in this culture. I think if you ask most people now, they're saying, man, it probably wasn't the right thing to do. But as we have and will continue to peel back this onion, I think we're going to find a difference between a station tattoo and a gang tattoo. And there is a difference. And I can guarantee you this, that for me as your sheriff, I will be focused on uh, actions, misconduct, illegal behavior. I'm not going to accept uh, misbehavior towards our community. That's what we're going to be focused on. After the story surfaced regarding Tardy's tattoo, I inquired with my department sources. Most were aware she had one, but did not believe it was gang related as the Temple Station is not considered one of the quote, hot stations as the ones listed on the COC report. In fact, multiple sources with upwards of two and three decades at the department had never heard of V-Boys, the gang that Tardy allegedly has a tattoo representing. Another issue brought to my attention by sources was Tardy referring to a master training officer as the one who approved her getting what she refers to as a station tattoo. My sources found that story to be highly unlikely for two reasons. The master training officer program did not begin until the early 2000s after Tardy had already left patrol. As with any tattoo, gang or station related, they must be quote earned. According to my sources, a deputy earns a station tattoo by proving their loyalty, work ethic, and officer safety out on the streets while on patrol. Rewarding an officer before they have proven themselves on the streets is virtually unheard of. Unfortunately, there are quite a few discrepancies surrounding the true nature of Undersheriff Tardy's tattoo. While the focus was deputy gangs, there was an obvious conflict of interest that seemed to be completely ignored by the commission. Commissioner Patty Giggins, who is currently under criminal investigation, was present for this meeting and addressed Sheriff Luna. Uh, thank you, Sheriff, um, that you've been able to, at least at this point, reassure us that you um, are embracing all of the recommendations. And it, of course, it's complicated. Um, and it's long term, long term issue, as you well know, as we all well know. Um, but I'm feeling I, I still am feeling uh, what I felt uh, when the Board of Supervisors adopted our recommendation uh, last week already, um, that it's a new day. I think you're going to have a lot of support to from this commission, um, from different aspects of the community, that to support you in leading us through this new day. So I'm, I'm grateful that we're starting off in a very collaborative, communicative, connected way. And, that's, and I think that's what's going to benefit our communities the most. The criminal case involves Giggins, her Peace Over Violence organization, Supervisor Sheila Kuehl, and former LA Metro CEO Philip Washington regarding an $800,000 pay-to-play no-bid contract with LA Metro. 
The investigation started at LASD under former Sheriff Alex Villanueva and resulted in raids at Giggins and former supervisor Sheila Kuehl's homes and LA Metro headquarters. There's the those are L.A. County Sheriff's deputies early this morning at the home of L.A. County Supervisor Sheila Kuehl. Deputies also searched the home of Patty Giggins, a member of the Civilian Oversight Commission, whose stated mission is to facilitate accountability in the Sheriff's Department. On March 1st, Senator Ted Cruz specifically mentioned Giggins by name and the status of the case in his speech at the Senate hearing for former L.A. Metro CEO Philip Washington, President Biden's pick to become head of the FAA. Senator Cruz. Thank you, Madam Chair. Mr. Washington, uh, first round of questioning, we had a lot of discussions about your lack of experience with aviation safety, but there is another concern that is front and center for this committee, because you're the first nominee I can recall who is currently entangled in an ongoing public corruption investigation right now while your nomination is pending. This investigation involves an alleged pay-to-play contracting scheme that resulted in L.A. Metro giving $800,000 in no-bid contracts to a politically connected charity called Peace Over Violence, or POV, to run a sexual harassment hotline that was hardly ever used. A whistleblower has alleged, among other things, that when you were the L.A. Metro CEO, you pushed forward these questionable contracts in order to stay in the good graces of a powerful politician on the L.A. Metro board the L.A. Sheriff's Office determined that these allegations had merit. In fact, last September, the Sheriff's Office executed a criminal search warrant at L.A. Metro's headquarters based on these allegations. And you were named in that search warrant, not once, not twice, but numerous times. The search warrant authorizes the Sheriff's Office to seize emails and other communications between you and other individuals involved in the investigation. But that's not all. The search warrant also includes specific allegations that you personally engaged in misconduct. For example, here on page 24 of the search warrant, the warrant says that a witness stated that, quote, although there was no legitimate reason for Metro to outsource such a service to POV in a sole source contract, the contract was pushed forward by CEO Philip Washington in order to remain in good graces with Supervisor Sheila Kuhl. As a reminder, POV is a charity that received $800,000 in a no-bid contract to run a hotline for LA Metro that was hardly ever used. And Sheila Kuehl is a powerful politician on LA Metro's board who was longtime friends with the head of POV. The California Attorney General's office is now leading the investigation into this public corruption scheme. Mr. Washington, have you spoken with the California Attorney General's office about the status of their investigation? No, I have not, Senator. Well, the Republican committee staff did last week. Uh, we reached out to the California Attorney General's office to inquire on the status of the investigation, and the Attorney General's office said that there is an ongoing criminal investigation into this matter, and the staff said in particular that you have a, quote, material involvement in the case and that the investigation is months away from being completed. It is unclear why the commission would think it is appropriate for Giggins to remain on the commission while under criminal investigation, and who has a clear bias against the sheriff's department, which she has spoken about publicly. 
The Los Angeles Police Department is taking extraordinary measures to recruit potential candidates. A think-outside-the-box, by-all-means-necessary approach to hire personnel at LAPD is happening during a historical staffing crisis and significant budget cuts as a result of the 2020 Black Lives Matter movement following the death of George Floyd. LAPD Chief Michael Moore is in Glendale, Arizona this weekend to address members of the Los Angeles Dodgers organization. The chief and two recruitment officers will return Monday, leaving Assistant Chief Dominic Choi as acting police chief. The trip was approved by the Board of Police Commissioners on Tuesday, March 14th. LAPD already employs former members of the NFL and the NBA. The idea to recruit players was brought up in 219 when Moore met with Dodgers manager Dave Roberts. Newsbeat LA spoke with retired LAPD detective Moses Castillo, who told us that LAPD has had a tough time recruiting given the current anti-law enforcement environment, which forced the department to send out letters asking retired officers to come back to work. The important thing here is this shows how desperate uh, the police department is in recruiting people because we are in a public safety crisis, not only here in Los Angeles with LAPD, but across our nation. I mean, there's a report the other day that NYPD officers are, are re retiring or resign, resigning in large numbers, uh, more so than they ever seen in the history of NYPD. And we hear about that, those, those trends in other parts of the country as well. So it's hard to get people to want to become a police officer in this current climate where it's more of a anti-police, uh, defund the police, you know, although that that tone is, 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 is slightly changing. While Chief Moore is pursuing a higher quality candidate in Arizona, both physically and mentally, Mayor Karen Bass is significantly lowering the standards to join the department, starting with the removal of the written test, which significantly impacts the ability to identify whether a candidate can read, write, or use critical thinking skills. Law enforcement officials have deemed this and other new directives issued by Bass to be extremely problematic and could lead to another Rampart scandal. Well, it's my understanding that there were things that were overlooked in many of these folks that were linked to this Rampart scandal. And uh, they turned a blind eye to some of the things that they had in their background. And by doing so, we got one of the worst scandals in LAPD history. And, uh, you know, we don't want that. We don't want dirty cops. We don't want dishonest cops. We want cops who are going to hold, uphold the law. And we want police officers that are going to follow the law, not only in the letter of the law, but in the spirit of the law. And ultimately, you know, we want somebody that we can trust because we're giving them a gun and a badge. That's a lot of authority and that's a lethal weapon. And if we give it to somebody that is a criminal or had criminal tendencies, we're just asking for the same outcome we got in the Rampart scandal. And we don't want that. This is your weekly wrap up. I'm investigative reporter Cece Woods, and this is Newsbeat LA. This broadcast is brought to you by Malibu Global Media Group. Please go to newsbeatla.com for more information.